Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. your sitter. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Nukash with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. And it is Monday morning on another winning streak Monday for the Denver Nuggets. Now up to five games in a row after the big win over the Charlotte Hornets there on Saturday. want to give a big shout out to everyone uh, who contributed. We had our Hope Kids charity event there on Saturday. It was really, really awesome. Probably the uh, one of the biggest events Hope Kids has ever done um, in terms of just uh, the amount of people that were there. Uh, raised total of $10,000. So you guys are awesome uh, for that. It was a really awesome event. Really, really fun to see. So I want to say thank you to everyone. Also want to give a big shout out to Encore Electric for con- uh, contributing 50 of those tickets uh, for those kids. They are big supporters of the event and uh, we appreciate them. Make sure you guys check them out. EncoreElectric.com. Um, especially if you're looking for a job. Pretty good good place to work if I do say so myself. So like I said Encore Electric. Ah, EncoreElectric.com. Check that out. Um, all right. So we uh, we've got a big show here. We uh, we got to cover that five game winning streak. Of course, the Nuggets are on a roll. If uh, if you can put it that way, I guess, or that might be the best way to put it. Five straight games to break them down. I have brought in all the way out in Virginia. It is Mr. Daniel Lewis. Daniel, what's happening? I just got back from my honeymoon and ready to go back to work and start paying attention to the nuggets again where uh where did you take your honeymoon sir i went to Asheville, north carolina i got married oh, in nice. phoenix arizona um but enjoyed some time up in the mountains and um just away from the stress and cares of the world <laughs> there you go there you go and now you are back uh, I mean, you should, uh, well, I was, I was say you should get married more often, but, uh, uh, no, no this no, one is, you really shouldn't. I, I think this is one of work. <laughs> Just one. Uh, this one will be fine. No, but it's the five game winning streak. Um, so it's been, it's been nothing but, uh, nothing but all, all positives for Dan this week for sure. Um, Dan, let's, let's get right into it. If you, if you, I guess if you could point to one player and say that's the guy who's been leading the way uh, on this win streak, who would you have? I'd have to go with Jamal Murray. I feel like he's really come into his own over the last couple of games, and um, he's he's still a little inconsistent, but his consistent stretches when he's hot, he's playing really well, and he's he's having a lot of success. What about you? Uh, yeah, no, Jamal's definitely a good, 
uh, a good guy to choose. He certainly came on strong there uh, in that San Antonio game, in the Phoenix game. Didn't quite have the best uh, outing against New York, of course, and was huge in that second half against Sacramento. Really was the uh, the reason they had that comeback. Uh, Charlotte, the Charlotte game, obviously was Jokic, and, and I think that's the only other person you could maybe point to. I mean, there's been some other guys who have played well in spurts. Malik Beasley comes to mind. Um, Gary Harris certainly comes to mind, and Paul Millsap in the last game as well. But I really think it would be between Jokic. Uh, and Murray, the thing about Jokic though, is he hasn't been as big of a scorer, uh, not, not this, this last game excluded, of course, we got 39, but he's, he's been much more of a passer and, and a distributor for the team. And that's, um, that's been, I think that's really played into, uh, Murray shooting as well as he has. So I, I, I'd probably give it to both of them, because, but I, I could certainly say, say Jamal as well. I mean, he's been shooting outstanding. He's been a huge a uh, huge factor for teams to try and figure out on defense. And it makes it so that there is so many other uh, open, open avenues there for Jokic on those passes is because teams know they can't, uh, they can't slack off on Jamal Murray, even a slight bit because he is going to, he's going to make them pay. So it definitely, uh, I, I, I could go Murray. I think I, I, I would probably agree if I, uh, if I had to choose one, I suppose of the two. Um, all right, Dan. What about this? When you uh, when you're thinking about the five wins, uh, which one would you point to and say that was the most impressive? I'm gonna go with the the first one, the win over the Spurs. Um, I, I don't know if you Nuggets fans are listening to the uh, 24K podcast, the one with Katie Wingy and Chris Dempsey, but they had Malik Beasley on. Um, their latest one, and he talked about how that was really like a playoff intense or playoff-like atmosphere um, right. because you're playing a team back-to-back, and so they get a chance to really kind of scout you and figure out your plays that you're – during the regular season, you can just run the same handful of plays and to, you know run counters to those. Teams aren't going to be able to adapt to those. Um, you're going to be able to spend too much attention on those, but – you're playing them back to back, they can kind of get familiar with that, and they, you know, Malik talked about how it was really just an effort thing, and so right. beating them by just three points at home, I think that was big for them because you know, we've, we've, I don't think we forget this, but you know, they're still a very young team, and mm-hmm. they have a long ways to go until they're going to be able to get playoff wins. But winning those kind of games, I think, does help them. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. Uh, uh, and it was interesting with that win. It, it was one of those ones where, like, they they never really. I mean, they 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 never really led by a big margin, but they never kind of let San Antonio um, catch up with them. They kind of were controlling it the whole way, and you had kind of had this this faith that they were just going to get it done because they had the effort that was there um, throughout throughout the game, which is which we didn't see the game before. It was it was interesting too because I think a lot of people were expecting a ton of adjustments. Uh, and it really wasn't that much wasn't wasn't the case. It was just more of a they got they got the upper hand in this turn time with the San Antonio, and then of course with the home crowd. Now that's the other impressive thing about the uh, the win streak. So now not only is the, are they five in a row in general, I think now it's ten in a row uh, at home. So they the the Nuggets have been you know been really good at home, and it gives you the kind of that feeling that against a quality team like San Antonio, where they where they're controlling it but not necessarily blowing it out, you just have that confidence 
Uh, and I think we saw that. We saw that Murray especially get his confidence back that night. Uh, and he's carried it through. I would maybe go with the Sacramento game if I was going to if I was going to pick one just because the Nuggets have they've always really struggled uh to win games in Sacramento. I don't know what it is, but it's been that case I mean seemingly as long as I've been a Nuggets fan, which is a, a fairly lengthy amount of time, but they they especially also with coach Malone have struggled to beat Sacramento just kind of a uh, one of those thorns in his side I'm sure it bugs him especially being a, his former team so they go up there and, and the other thing about actually about Sacramento is they're they're a, they're a, they're a much better team I think than people realize that there's certainly uh, a team on the rise not not too dissimilar from the Nuggets got a very young core uh, some nice players and and they're they're starting to figure it out maybe maybe a few years behind where Denver is in the the development curve but they they go up there and 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 Sacramento's up to the task and they're uh, they're, they're knocking down their shots they're hitting threes the nuggets are falling behind it's not looking good and then suddenly you get Jamal Murray just explodes in that second half i think what he had 34 points in the second half alone uh-huh. and they 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 basically steal a game you know that's that's one of those wins i think when you go you'll look back at the end of the season you'll say that's one of the ones you know they stole that it would have been very easy to dro- drop that one especially um, at peak on the road and they were down big at halftime um, right and you know sacramento they run a lot so i'm right. sure that was a game where we're just like oh you know we're tired can't play these easy other guys just keep running at us and you know they just won't go away kind of a thing but they were able to hold them off especially late down in the at towards the end of the fourth quarter right yeah exactly and yeah sacramento definitely uh gave it uh gave it a good push there uh at the end which we see we've seen time and again i think this team is now also they're 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 able to close these that was true in that san antonio game you know they were they came right down to the end there um, but they were able to close them out, and they they seem to have found a way to to put these teams away late in the fourth quarter, and that that really was a story I think a lot on this uh, this five game uh, winning streak. The other big story was I think uh, the 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 injuries, and then now the return uh, from the injuries. Of course, Paul Millsap back; he's been what back pretty much for the whole uh, for the whole winning streak. He we had he came back in that Phoenix game, and then it was Gary Harris was back against New York. So I mean, Dan, they they start getting these guys back. They they've they've been working on integrating them. Of course, neither one of them has started yet. They both came off the bench for uh, this period of time. It sounds like, from what Coach Malone said after the game against Charlotte, it sounds like they'll be back as starting uh, on Monday. But I mean, how impressive is it that they were they were able to get two two huge pieces back uh, and kind of work them back into the lineup and and still just continue to go right on this winning streak. I think it's been really impressive. I mean, it, it you could use the excuse that they weren't playing very good teams over this latest winning stretch, but they're still getting wins, you know, and they're they're it's easy to lose games in the NBA. You just have an off night kind of thing, but they haven't really had any of those, you know. And like Tory Craig was a on a two way contract last season, and now he's starting and playing big minutes for the Nuggets. Right. But I think like getting back Millsap and Harris is just going to be such a uh, a benefit to the team because those guys that have been starting now they're kind of able to relax and um, accept that lower minutes load, um, especially during this part of the season. Um, the next six weeks are the winter doldrums up until the All Star break, and right. a lot of teams, you know, if they if it's just they just get worn out. They've been playing basketball for so long, and uh, this is kind of a, a grinded out section of the season. And so if they're able to get 
Paul Millsap and Gary Harris and hopefully Will Barton soon back. Those guys are rested and ready to go, and that should help just their overall depth, which has been one of the reasons that they're the number one team in the Western Conference this season. Right. Did you know you noticed uh, Shaquille O'Neal said that they he did not think the Denver Nuggets had very good depth. Uh, which well, was, which Shaquille O'Neal doesn't have very good depth reception, so. <laughs> Boom! Dan's throwing down uh, the big, the big insults for the big man here <laughs> on Pickaxe Pundits. Yeah, I um, you know, it's what I thought the most impressive part was like it was really the play of Millsap and, and Gary Harris, particularly in that Charlotte game. I mean, Jokic is the big story. He gets he gets the thirty nine points and the uh, twelve boards, but but Harris and Millsap carried the team for for big stretches. Uh, in that game, Harris especially had some momentum changing sequences, you know, where well, he would get like that, that Paul Millsap three that followed the Trey Lyles three, that probably right. was the game winning basket that was the right dagger. there. Yeah. Right. yeah, absolutely. That was when you, and it, which was, it was interesting. I mean, they, they took them a long time to, to put Charlotte away again, like we were talking about before, another example of where they, uh, they were kind of just ahead and then, and then finally they, they closed them out. They're late in the game, but I mean, I remember Gary Harris too. He had that sequence where he he had like a cut uh, off of you know and got a, a basket off of a Jokic pass. Uh, immediately went down and stole the ball, and then came back and hit a transition three. And that like five point swing right there, uh, you know, that ended up starting uh, starting like a ten two run or something like that. And it was um, you know a big big part of the game. So it's it was it was really good to see those guys because you never know when a guy's coming back, especially Paul. You think about how he came back from the wrist last year, and it was really still kind of clunky, you know, and, and then a core injury. We know we know Jamal and Mason have have worked through those, and maybe it's it's hampered them, uh, and they haven't been as effective. So you never know when a guy's coming back how they're going to look. I think it was just really impressive uh, as well to see both Millsap and Harris play as well as they have over this stretch of games. Uh, the other thing that you brought up, though, that I that I do think we we have to talk about is, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't exactly the uh, the toughest stretch. Of teams and like you said though you do get the wins. I mean they had two two road games. That Sacramento game, as I said, was a uh, was a tough one. You had some emotion, I guess, against the the New York Knicks with Emmanuel Mudiay coming back. San Antonio, of course, is a good team. They have uh, they have a winning record. Charlotte's probably you know Coach Malone said their team that probably should have five more wins uh, than they do. So I mean I, I think on its outset it does look like yeah these it wasn't exactly the best competition. Um, in the world, but like you said, you gotta you gotta play who's on the, your schedule, you know, and and they got the wins, and that's that's just yeah, what it that's comes down to. Ask the Lakers uh, how hard it is to beat the Knicks. <laughs> Boom! Dan is just coming here with the fire. Um, on the pickaxe pun. I've been show. off for a little bit, so I, I got that's some right. Up, you know, that's right. Dan's got to get back in the um, uh, back in the groove. There, uh, Dan. I'll let you before we get out of here. I'll ask you this. So we got uh, it was it, once again Nikola Jokic got the MVP chance uh, at the end of the the Hornets game. Would you? Where would you put him right now in the in the MVP competition? Oh, um, that's a good question. I I get that there's Anthony Davis talk for MVP, and he has been really good, but. Right, his team's not having a good season. Like, I don't know. I think you need to be a playoff team, or at least close to five hundred. And right. uh, 
they they they've just been struggling even though he's having monster performances um i think james harden has definitely made a strong case to to repeat he's he's on an incredible streak right now with i think he's averaging a triple double uh with 40 points per game or something like that so he's having a crazy stretch um i i don't think you can give it to lebron even though he definitely is the most valuable laker um uh, I don't. I don't think there's anybody in the Eastern Conference that can really have a strong case outside of Giannis. Um, right. Kawhi, Kawhi's not playing enough games, but I think it's probably Giannis one, um, Steph or KD like two or three, AD four, um, and then Jokic probably in that like five, six, seven range. I think Paul George is probably a strong candidate for MVP right. too, but I, I feel like. If you're going to compare Paul George and Jokic, then you have to go with Jokic right now just because his team has the better record. Oh, and Harden. I left Harden out. I'd, I'd say Harden's probably top three. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on, on a lot of those guys. The thing, I, the, the especially hard part about AD is, yeah, is they're not even a playoff team. I mean, that can't happen. It's so rare for a, a guy who's on a, on a team even who's uh, not like a top two seed to get uh, to get the MVP because people say, I mean, how valuable are you if your team doesn't win games? Uh, so it's really hard for me to put AD in there when you look at it right now because they're the second worst team in the uh, Western Conference. But at the same time, you know, they're right there. I mean, they're only three games out of the playoffs right now. So it's not like they can't have or they don't have time to turn that around. Uh, same thing with the Rockets. We're seeing the Rockets turn it around. They were they were pretty, uh, pretty rough to start the uh, first half of the portion of the, or I guess first quarter of the season and now Harden like you said is on this uh, incredible run so he's certainly got to have some consideration I'd probably put Paul George up there pretty high Oklahoma City's been really good uh, this year the Warriors ones are interesting because it's you know I, I think it, sometimes the voters just get tired of of the same old story and I, I just wonder if that um, if that wouldn't hurt them because people are sick of the Warriors winning everything. Uh, I, I agree with you though. I think Giannis Giannis is probably the uh, he's probably the front runner. I mean, the Bucks have the best record. Uh, he's clearly uh, a superstar yeah, player. He's leading clearly their best top. player. <laughs> right, right. So and and you know clearly one of the top five players in the NBA. So um, you certainly have no problem giving it to him. And Jokic though, I think I think deserves to. I, he certainly deserves consideration. He certainly deserves debate or to be in that debate i mean the nuggets have are almost have exactly the same record as the uh bucks i think the bucks have like one more win uh but the nuggets are right there and Jokic has been the one constant with all of the injuries going on around him and so you have to i think uh certainly put him in that conversation it, he's not gonna put up the gaudy or as gaudy numbers as, as Giannis either which i think is gonna be or or certainly a guy like harden uh so that that I think hurts him. So I I think you're right. Maybe probably right around like I don't maybe like five or six in 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 the conversation right now is probably where I would. He's uh, he's definitely played so well that he deserves an all star spot. Um, right. Yeah. He, absolutely. I think he definitely consider, deserves consideration for an all NBA spot. Um, I don't think you could put him as first team all NBA right now because just because they did away with centers and they just do front court. Right, um, so you're gonna give that to Anthony Davis, and right? LeBron yeah, and LeBron KD and KD, or something, KD like something like that. But definitely like second or third team at this point. Right. 
Yeah, I would agree. I would totally agree with that. He should certainly be in the All-Star game. Uh, and, yeah, if he keeps keeps this up, he'll be uh, he'll definitely be an All-Pro as well. Probably maybe, like, second team, I think, is where he would uh, end up landing. All right, tell you what. Well, we are going to uh, – we're going to let Dan get out of here since he's – uh, a busy man now that he's a newlywed and uh <laughs> and we uh when we come back we will we'll, we'll hit the break and then when we come back we'll uh we'll bring mr brendan vote on and we will take a look ahead at this nuggets upcoming schedule next three three or four this week uh on the road gonna be uh gonna be a busy one gonna be a tough one so we will have busy uh, busy brendan week on. this week for the nuggets too five it games is. right yeah well it, it, i think it's four four um, okay yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. No, Sunday. You're right. Five, Five games. Uh, there you go. All right. Well, we will have, uh, like I said, we will we'll hit the break, and then when we come back, we'll have Brandon vote on to break all those down. So, Dan, appreciate you being on, sir. You're welcome. Take care. All right, everybody. We'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show, ZachyKoshPundit.com. We spent that first half of the show breaking down this five-game winning streak with Mr. Daniel Lewis. We will now turn the page and look towards the upcoming five games on the schedule for this week. Quite a busy week for the Denver Nuggets after they they had some weird weeks where they only played like two games there. Making up for it now with five this week. To break it all down with me, I have down in Denver, Mr. Brendan Vogt. Brendan, what is happening? What's going on, man? I'm trying out my Christmas gift here, my brand new Yeti microphone. I'm very excited. That's right. Uh, is Yeti paying you? Like, I, I just need to know. I mean, was that a you get like fifty bucks for that? Was that drop a right there? was that a paid read? No. <laughs> yeah, right. Zach, no one's paying me. Dude. Literally, no one is paying. <laughs> but Yeti, if you're listening, they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan is free fryer or anyone who is listening. If you want Brendan to, to do reads on, on this podcast, his podcast, any podcast, uh, hit him up. He'll do them for a dollar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But uh, no, there is. Um, like I said, man, it's a big. Uh, it's a big week for the Nuggets. They got five games. Uh, three of them on the road and the two home, but they're both against quality teams with the Clippers and the Trailblazers. Let's uh, let's get right into it. First things first. Paul Millsap, Gary Harris. I mean, you got the the same feeling I did. I'm assuming at uh, the post game press conference from Coach. Th- those guys will definitely be starting come uh, come this game against Houston. Definitely. I mean, the only reason I I hesitate to use the word definitely is because Malone has lied to our faces before. <laughs> right. Yes. But outside of that, yeah, you got every indication there that those two guys are ready to go. And, you know, it's amazing, amazing what that sort of JV starter group did in their absence. But you can sort of see that that magic is is wearing off now. And it's time. It's time to get back to the normal rotations to to get back to, you know, these guys are healthy. They're ready to go. So I think right. they should be starting. Right. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I thought uh, not only did the, you know, the other, the the kind of the, the backup starters, if if you will, uh, not only did they look a little bit clunky, but uh, I mean, Millsap and, and Harris looked great in that game against Charlotte. I was talking about that with Dan, it, you know, so at this point, it, there's no reason to not, I think, put them back in. But let me ask you this, though, Brendan, I mean, do you worry at all that there'll be a, a an adjustment period now that they'll be fully back in the starting lineup? You know, the only concern is that when you go at this sort of JV starting lineup, as I'm calling it, there's really no debate over the pecking order. You know, unless Jamal's hot, you're playing through Jokic, and Craig right. gets that, Plumley gets that. You know, these guys understand, and so Wancho gets that. And and when you play through Jokic, good things happen. That's why they're winning despite these injuries. So maybe there's a week, Zach, of, of these guys having to relearn, like, Oh, that's right. Our our best chance at winning a game is going through Jokic, no matter who's on the floor. But not ultimately. Gary's played with Jokic for a long enough time that he gets it. Um, he looked really good off the bench in that right. last game. And Millsap, you know, he's never really been that kind of player. I know there was a a bumpy reintegration period last season, but I actually think that had more to do with Michael Malone mm-hmm. and than than Paul Millsap. And I, I think it's clear that if Malone's learned anything this year, it's that trusting Jokic is going to keep him his job. And so I do, th- I like to think at least that we're sort of past that period. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, there, there's no more emphasis to like, okay, we got to get Paul going. Like there was uh, last season. They, it, it, he's definitely a secondary piece on, on the offensive end. And I think with Gary, you know, he, he's, even though he hasn't been starting, he's been getting a lot of minutes uh, playing with Jokic and then playing with just the, I guess that that group. I mean, he Malone went with that group. I think he went with them to close, right? At least until it got um, out of hand there at the end. But uh, you know, so he's still getting those guys minutes together. Uh, I, I I think they're gonna be fine. There might be a, a game or a two, I guess, just these first two road games where maybe there's some. I think it's more about you know figuring out with your bench rotation. It might be a little bit more clunky, especially now because Plumlee's been. Uh, hasn't been playing with the bench as much so that that'll be a bit of, of a switch to go back to but it I kind of almost think that that's going to help Monty Morris a lot who's been struggling now is that once he gets Mason back those two play t- together so well that that's a you know great I think point. it right I mean I think it could it could actually uh help both units uh and keep it from getting clunky so I'm with you man I don't, I don't think it'll be too big of a deal I think if it was going to be some uh, clunkiness we would have seen it just you know with the guys uh, with Millsap and Harris themselves just getting fully back up to game speed and I'd say they're the, there the only other thing I'd say Zach is 
you know, it's going to take them two or three games probably to get their conditioning, their feet back underneath them. And, you know, that's that's why Malone did this, right? That's why there was the delayed uh, reinsertion right. into the starting lineup. And so that, that like, Millsap was real about that. And he, and he said it last year, you know. Um, it One of the hardest things to do when dealing with inju- injury is stay in game shape. So that, right. you know, that we might see some of that. But if you do, there's no reason to be alarmed or concerned. It's just going to take a game or two, I think. Right, and and especially because you know <clears throat> now now like I said they got they they've got five games this week so they're gonna be playing uh, quite a bit so for those guys maybe you he even you know tried to hold them back a bit uh, last week just knowing that this is uh, this is upcoming I mean what do you think Brendan is is fatigue because like I said the Nuggets haven't played a ton of games like really over the past few weeks they've really had them nice and spaced out now they get this five games in seven nights I mean how much. What concern should they have with just the fatigue of this uh, upcoming week? A little bit, right? Because like we just said, you've got some injured guys who are who are getting their wind back. And from the Jokic-Murray standpoint, these are guys who have had to shoulder a heavier load, right, in their absence. Right. Particularly Murray, who, you know, it's funny. The team talks, the coach talks about how banged up he's been, but it certainly hasn't been reflected in how they use him. And of right. the sort of big three or four here, they're not afraid to push Murray to 40 minutes, perhaps more so than any other guy. So I, I do wonder, you know, he's starting to get hot here in December and January as he ha- as he did last season. But I do if I'm probably more concerned with maybe Murray getting a little exhausted in this stretch than anyone else. That's a good point. Yeah, he uh, definitely because what it was, he had the I mean, he had the ankle, the game where he tweaked his ankle and then he had another one. I think it was his like. I think it was like a hand or a wrist. I can't remember uh, earlier. And yeah, he seems, but he's one of those guys you never really know how much it's it's uh, affecting him because he always just plays through it, no matter right. what. But you know that could certainly maybe he's been able to maintain his effectiveness because they've had such a stretched out schedule. You know that could certainly uh, come up this week. That's a good point. I um. You know, I, I think that the the front end is going to be tough because you got this weird. Uh, they, they, it's a really weird. It's a tough back to back because you're going to be going down to Houston uh, and then flying all the way out to Miami, and then you it's a three game and four night scenario, and you're coming then all the way back from Miami to Denver uh, to play that game in L.A. I think that just all that travel in that short period of time, like I would not be surprised uh, to see him drop that Miami game just because of the. Uh, the kind of weird, the weird yeah, travel sure. schedule around it. And Miami's been playing well too, right? Uh, lately, right? Which absolutely. wasn't the case a month ago, but they're hot. So yeah, that's definitely a game. I I feel maybe worry is too strong of a word, but it's circled definitely. Right. It's it's one of those ones you wouldn't like. I said you wouldn't be surprised uh, if they end up dropping one of those. Otherwise, though, I think they, you know, I once they get back to Denver, because then it's you're closing out the week. Yeah, you've got again, you've got another back to back. Uh, but it's 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 in at Phoenix and then home uh, for Portland. You know, Phoenix is if you're going to do a back to back where you're not going to be at home for both games, you, Phoenix is probably the the place you want to be uh, for the other one. It's like a two hour flight, so that that I think they'll be fine once they get through that. It's just that opening uh, that opening stretch really kind of a tough one. Um, let's uh, maybe the the hardest part of the opening stretch is just the the quality of the opponent that they've played right out of the gate which is the Houston Rockets the, uh, it seems to be the team more than anyone i mean more than the warriors more than whatever team lebron's playing for uh, houston just seems to be the team that constantly is always getting the better of the nuggets is this is this a team that like the the nuggets just just 
are always going to be matched up poorly against did Brennan, or is there something that they can do to get over the hump? Uh, I mean, both things are true. <clears throat> I think there's a certain mental edge at this point now with Houston. There, there's something about the way that they earlier in the season, I, I was in the arena for when Houston came to town and pregame, man, they were playing their music. They were warming up and stretching in the halls mm-hmm. of the visiting arena. Like they were really making their themselves at home. And my first thought was, this does not seem like a team that's worried about their right. slow start to the season or Denver's hot start. They carry themselves like they know they're going to win. And I think Denver's still learning how good they are, whereas Houston maybe kind of knows, and, yeah, and, and especially point. against Denver. And so I do believe in that mental edge stuff. But also it is very much a matchup thing, right? Golden State, obviously no one wants to play Golden State, but they play into what Denver wants to do, what Denver does well. And at least in the regular season, Denver can outshoot them, right? Denver right. wins those shootouts. So it, it is Houston because Houston, more than any other team in the league, takes you out of what you're trying to do, takes you away from who you are. And so for the Nuggets, that's really problematic because when you strip it down to these ISO possessions, to dragging out maybe some more vulnerable defenders on an island to guard ISO maestros, like they're going to struggle in that environment no matter what. So I think the key to mitigating some of that, first and foremost, is turnovers. So Houston's going to score when they have their opportunities in the half court. Don't give them any easy buckets. And most importantly, making sure you're getting the most out of your possessions. Uh, Winning the turnover battle is not a, this is not a revelatory note that it helps you win basketball games. I think that's important for them. Uh, I also think in transition, if they do turn it over, maybe it's off a make, maybe Houston, uh, a miss, excuse me, or Houston's running off of a made shot. Jokic can't be stuck on Harden in transition because Harden's going to find a way to get to him in the half court. He gets the switches he wants, but there are times when the Nuggets play Houston where it seems like it's happening just a little too easily. Like, if we're turning around, we're running down the court, and we're picking up a man, how does Jokic end up on Harden? Um, That can't happen. So I think being diligent and focused in those sort of transition opportunities, uh, making sure you're you're sort of shoring up that part of the game because you don't have a lot of room for error against a team that flat out has your number. Right. Yeah, that's a great great point. It's one of those things you're going to have to play because they just do. I mean... When you look at Houston and their personnel, they just match up really well with the Nuggets. It's just really difficult for Denver uh, to defend them, especially. So if you're going to play a team like that, you really have to limit your mistakes because you're not every every mistake gets magnified because they're they're going to make uh, they're going to make the most of all their possessions. The other thing, I, man, it's just so tough about Houston is they've got they've got like the ultimate pick and roll uh, problem for Jokic because, like you said, they've got these guys who are just absolute. Uh, I mean, the best, some of the best pick and roll isolation guys in, in the league, probably the best in James Harden, and then and then you've got Clint Capella, who is one of the hardest guys uh, to defend, at least for Jokic, especially rolling to the rim, and so he he gets caught kind of in this no man's land where if he's gonna if he ha- tries to hedge out on uh, you know on Harden and they, he he's gonna really struggle to recover. Uh, to get back to Capella, and but if he doesn't do that, and you know you give Harden even an inch of space, uh, he's just going to make that step back three. It's and, and, and there's the thing about it's not even like you can say okay, well, we'll maybe we'll play a lot more of uh, uh, Millsap on Capella then, and and go with a little size disadvantage there because the Rockets essentially only play one big, right? I mean they don't the rest of their starting lineup is is a bunch of smalls, and then most of the everybody coming off the bench is, is smaller, with the exception of. 
you know, one one back. I think right now it's probably Nene. Um, and, and he's and only going to play for a handful of minutes. And they're just the masters of getting the matchup they want anyway, right? Like right. We can sit here and go, here's who we'd like to guard who. But it's right. not going to shake out that way because that's what Houston does. Yeah, that's that's absolutely a, a, a great point as well. I, so, I mean, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm with you. If you limit your mistakes uh, and, and play your best game, then then you'll have a shot. I just I, – I, I probably chalk that one up as a loss. You have to. You uh, have right. to. You know, it's, you can if you can. We'd all like it to be a win, and and maybe it is. Eventually, they have to beat Houston. But you can't look at this matchup on paper and go, "All right, I like Denver." You just can't. Right. That that's absolutely the worst team for them to face in the playoffs, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, worse than Golden State, um, which is I know I know like Warriors fans would laugh at us, but I I think if you watch this team closely, that's that's just the case. The only other team is the Lakers simply because LeBron's not losing in round one or just isn't so (laughs) right but but yes matchup wise it's it's Houston is the nightmare like the darkest timeline here is that Denver gets the two seed Houston like goes on another slide and finishes with the seven seed and Denver gets swept that's my nightmare (laughs) scenario oh that would be the worst and then the fire Malone would be like out and uh, no we're not even gonna go there we're not even going to go there. I'm not even going to think about it. All right. Um, so here, before we before we get out of here, uh, the the Nuggets do have those two home games, Clippers and the Blazers. Both, like I said, quality teams. Both teams who I think are uh, should be still in the playoff picture. It's always hard to remember who's currently in the playoff picture in the in the West. Um, but both, yeah, both teams still uh, still would be playoff teams right now. So. Uh, uh, Brendan. I mean, if you were gonna pick one of the two, which one would you say is the is the more difficult matchup? Probably Portland, right? I think they're just a better basketball team. I think over the years they've had more luck against Denver. Although it's worth pointing out that whatever mental edge Portland may have had two years ago, I think is gone now. Right? Yeah, I'd agree. But they're still. I mean, it's Damian Lillard and it's CJ McCollum and. Like that that scares me more than Tobias Harris and Gallo, as good as both of those guys have been. And and you know, right. the Clippers have you know, it's two games on the road now in LA. You were able to get one of them. Uh, like I just like your chances at home against an inferior opponent. Port- Portland can come into Denver and win. There's no doubt about it. I like Denver yep. in that game, but yeah, there's nothing like you said about that Miami game, no jaws will be on the floor if, if Portland wins. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean Portland's uh are just uh, another team with with uh, a lot of matchup issues for the Nuggets, especially with the guys like Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. You know that really puts uh, when you have two scoring guards like that out on the perimeter, it really puts a clamp on the Nuggets' defense because then you're you're forcing uh, Jamal Murray to probably have to put more effort on the defensive end uh, than than you want him to, and 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 then that make hampers maybe his scoring a little bit, and he's just not as good of a defender uh, for for a guy like a C.J. McCollum or. A, uh, Damian Lillard. So that's that's the tough part. Nurkic, you know, is going to get up for that game uh, as he always does anytime he's playing in Denver. It's really well, annoying. It's really it, annoying how Nurkic <laughs> just decides to have his best game every time he plays Denver. Right. That is true. That is true. Though I, I was going to say, Jokic does seem to have got like uh, kind of like you were getting at. I mean, Jokic is specifically in that matchup seems to be getting the better of the uh, the better of the two lately. Uh, though it's still not maybe necessarily a huge advantage there. Though you got to remember the Clippers do have Boban, so that is uh, the Nuggets that killer. Is, <laughs> is right. Yes, absolutely. Bo- Boban uh, Zach, have you noticed he looks like the actual descendant of a giant? 
Like not his proportions, <laughs> his facial structure. It's like the BFG, yes. man. That's right. If they're uh, uh, if if it doesn't work out, that's why he went to L.A. Because he's like, well, maybe I can get a side gig, you know, on like the Game of Thrones uh, <laughs> series. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes some extra money. Now the Clippers, I mean, they're they're a good team. They they're they definitely they're one of the surprises of this year. And like you said, I mean, Gallo, Tobias Harris, those guys are playing great. Of course, they've got uh, a lot of firepower in the backcourt there with Lou Williams, but. Um, I don't know. I, I think the Nuggets are they they obviously the Clippers are the only team to blow the Nuggets out this season. Uh, but that was also that weird afternoon game on a Saturday in L.A. So you kind of take it with a grain of salt. I would agree though. I think I think the Clippers um, are the team you probably you probably can beat. Though they are going to be the first game back of that weird two game road trip that's uh, got all that travel in it. So that could be a, a factor. But I would still say as well. I would think the Portland game is going to be. Be the more difficult of the two. All right. Well, I tell you what. I think we will uh, we'll go ahead. We'll just wrap it up right here then. Uh, make sure you guys are following us all on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Brendan is at BVOGT422. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dan is at Minuteman Dan. Um, at Denver Stiffs. At Pickaxe Pundits. Get all that good stuff. You want to make sure you're following all those accounts. Make sure you're also uh, following Denver Stiffs over at Instagram uh, at the Denver Stiffs, and then giving us a follow and a like on Facebook as well. Make Does sure you also have. Ch- sorry, I, I know you're closing this. Does someone have <laughs> Denver Stiffs like like the? Handle? I believe it did. Yes, I believe someone did. We could not. Uh, we thought it might be have been Nate Timmons, but then he said it wasn't him, so we're not sure. Like who the hell else does like? It's a very specific name. No one even gets <laughs> the reference. It's very true. So if you're listening to the uh, to us and you have that, um, give it to us. We're we're tired of uh, <laughs> having to clarify on this podcast. Um, make sure you guys are following our YouTube channel. That's where you'll get all these uh, uh, the sweet post game and pregame press conferences and locker room reports, stuff like that. Uh, Brendan's shining face, especially the ladies. If you want to see how handsome he is. That's Ladies. the best spot. <laughs> or guys, you know, I, mean, I don't want to discriminate, you know. Uh, anyone, any, please, anyone. just someone. <laughs> dogs. Uh, <laughs> you want to just, just play it for your dogs while you're at work, you know, so they got something going on in the background. They don't feel so lonely. <laughs> that works as well. Uh, make sure you're subscribing over there, there as well, though. And then subscribe to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. You can catch Brendan every other Friday uh, with the Full Court Press which I uh, always enjoy. Good insider look at the media personalities here in the Denver media market. That's always worth checking out. So you can uh, you can get that right on your phone if you're subscribed to the podcast network. So make sure you're doing that. All right, Mr. Vote. I appreciate you being on, sir. Anytime, dude. Anytime. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>